We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, into the 11 o'clock hour. It's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. A reminder, next Tuesday night, we'll be out at Jefferson's in North Kansas City for the second annual Cody and Gold Toy Drive, benefiting the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City. We'll be there from 4 to 7. Great food, great drinks. Cody's going to be dressed up as Santa this year. He's got to do all three hours. We're not rotating. He's got to do all three hours. Because I lost a Justin Watson bet. That's right. you got to do all three hours, and we're asking you to bring a new unwrapped toy uh, and toys to help those in need this holiday season. We appreciate everybody last year that helped us out with this, and we're hoping to have another great turnout, an even better turnout, uh, next Tuesday at Jefferson's in North Kansas City. Let's talk some more Chiefs football and welcome in former Chiefs wide receiver, member of the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him on the call Sunday afternoon in Denver, along with Mitch Holtis and Josh Klingler, of course, Dane and Hughes. And Dane, we'll, we will get to the Chiefs in a second, but next week also I think is our company a holiday party, and I'm, I'm told there's karaoke at the bar, and I must say I think it was your son's birthday either today or yesterday, and there was a video you posted of you singing some karaoke, so I must ask, are you are you going to show up? Are you going to try to impress everybody or, I guess, uh, embarrass Cody? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to show up. Let's see if Barbershop shows up too. Maybe we can get a little duet going, a players-only duet <laughs> with uh, me and Barbershop on the karaoke. I think I might be down for that. What's your, what's your duet of choice if it's you and Barber? Well, uh, normally me and my son, even though I think on that video we did – uh, Black Street, or maybe it was Poison, or something like that. But um, normally, my son and I we do regulate. Oh, nice! That's our that's our go to that's our go to song. Regulate. So I am like I'm a chameleon, guys. I, I don't know if you guys know that, but I'm a chameleon. I can I can go through all kind of genres. If I get enough oil in me, you know, we'll be <laughs> fun. Well, now I now I want to do a duet with you, Dane, and I wasn't even planning on singing. <laughs> you got to, man. You can't go to a karaoke joint and not sing. Alex like, says he won't do it. He said he turned down five hundred dollars once. He yeah, will not Dana, sing in front of people. It's not my thing, Dane, and it's just not my thing. Oh my goodness, bro! You gotta you gotta be able to put put the <laughs> ego aside, put the get some humility, have some fun. If you're there with a bunch of people that are just looking to have fun. Like, have some fun. You know, you only live <laughs> once, man. That's how this game's starting to feel for me, Danon, where it's just like, ah, just go out there and have some fun because as much hype as this movie would have had before the season, right? Like, wow, Broncos, Chiefs, Sunday night football. What a difference. Game's flexed out. It's at 3 o'clock. This game has no juice because of just how bad Denver is on offense. Well, yeah, I would say that. But at the same time, there's a lot of pride. There's a lot of dignity that is involved with professional athletes. And, you know, not only are you having a losing season, but we've had your number for 13 straight games, which is pretty much unheard of. Well, I, did, I looked at the stats yesterday. I think the Bills and Patriots may have gone longer. And the Niners and Rams are, I think those are the only two situations that might have been longer streaks 
losing against one other opponent than us uh, against the Broncos and the dominance that we've had in recent years. So uh, I feel like that's probably the message. I've known Nate Hackett since he was a middle schooler. His dad, uh, Paul Hackett, was my offensive coordinator here with Kansas City. So when he was just running around being a ball boy, like I've known him and seen his growth. You know, he's having some struggles and some challenges there, and who knows how much of a leash they'll have for him at the end of the season. But I do know he'll probably – he's definitely presenting that message that, hey, guys, like we got to start getting better in the division. Once, once we start getting better in the division, then those other games – will we'll be able to fall in their favor. And, and um, so there's some pride out there. And I feel like Denver, they'll, they'll battle. And right now they're in spoiler mode. So they're going to try to spoil our chances to, to host another AFC championship. And that's why, Dane, and on the Chiefs end, you know, I know sometimes when there's an opponent you're facing that uh, everybody views, okay, their season's done or that you should just run all over them, uh, that you worry about trap game and things like that. But that is not at all what I'm thinking, even for the rest of the season with any of these quote-unquote lesser opponents like the Texans in a week or so also. The Chiefs are, are right there to get the number one seed. That's what they still have in front of them. They can lock up this division this weekend and they can still go and get the number one seed, I think, if they win out because I believe Buffalo is going to slip up. Well, yeah, I looked at the schedule for the Dolphins, the Bills, um, and I will say, who else was it? Dolphins, Bills, our uh, schedule. Cincinnati's uh, maybe? Cincinnati's schedule, and we definitely have the easiest schedule left. Uh, we, you know, we've weathered the storm, so to speak, but at the same time, there are teams, there are players fighting for their careers on losing teams right now. So they're going to come out with some energy. Uh, on each of these teams and, and make no mistake about it. Houston will be the same way next week. Uh, and then around the holidays where we got the two home games, which I am so thankful to the schedule makers. I mean, how cool is that? Is that we in the chief's kingdom, we can stay home for Christmas and new year's and not play on either day. Like that's like on <laughs> new year's Eve or Christmas, we don't have to play. So I feel like, yeah, we got the upper hand. The other, the other teams, they got some, some work ahead of them, especially the Bills. And there's one place, like, I don't, I don't think I'd mind going to Miami if we had to, but I definitely don't want to go to Buffalo. So I'm rooting against them every single week when possible so that we don't have to uh, match up out there in Western New York. Look, I don't want them to go there either, Danon, but at this point, considering last week's result and the way that it's gone, I think I'd rather go to Buffalo than play Cincinnati anywhere. Uh, no, I'd rather go to Cincinnati. I, I, I just feel like, yeah, it's going to be cold there. Uh, the fans are not as rabid as Buffalo. Buffalo is a pretty darn close to the Chiefs in regards to how their fans are involved. Like, they live and die Buffalo Bills football, and we still have the best fans in the world. We know that. But Buffalo, like, people sleep on Buffalo uh, and their fan base and how rabid they are at games and the fact that there would be so many, you know, story like we've ended their season the last two years, like literally ended their season. And um, like, I feel like that may not be the right place for us, uh, but Cincinnati, like they got our number, but I feel like that game would be different with all the chips on the line. Now we said that this past week, 
and we said that earlier this year in the AFC Championship. But I just, I just have a feeling like these games, they were so close, but they came down to that one mistake or that one play that we did not make. We didn't hit Joe Burrow. We didn't turn the ball out. We didn't get turnovers. They got turnovers. I feel like that would change. We're talking to former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes. You can hear him tonight on Players Only, along with Sean Barber from six to seven on six ten Sports Radio. When I when I look at the wide receiver core for Kansas City right now, you got McCole Harmon still on IR. Andy mentioned yesterday that maybe he has a chance to practice next week, but we know that Kadarius Tony was at practice yesterday. How vital is it that they get at least one of these two guys back? Because we looked at some of the red zone numbers, Dana, and McCall Hardman, a much bigger red zone factor than maybe we all realized and in helping out this offense. And we know Tony maybe is a guy that can fill that role. I feel like there's definitely been some missing opportunities. And one aspect of the offense, not that you make a habit of going east and west. So if you're looking onto a field north-south, there's a downhill towards the end zone east-west is towards the sidelines. But if you see some some of the efficiencies that we've had on offense, specifically with those guys, it's usually to the sidelines. And using their speed and how elusive they are in the open field to generate yardage and stretch defenses sideways as opposed to just vertically. We don't have that guy right now. Sky Moore kind of has been in that hybrid mode where you've seen the whirlybird motion and the jet sweep motions and stuff like that. I, I believe he had a handoff last week and, and got a good game. But there's just something different when Tony or McCall Hardman are out there that I think they garner much more respect sideline to sideline. Remember how we took advantage of the, the strong, so-called strong 49ers defense by exposing Nick Bosa on the edge with those jet sweeps. That's one aspect of our offense that we're missing, that that horizontal threat, sideline to sideline, as opposed to just the vertical threat. Dana, I think it would have been easy in the offseason to say that the lack of weapons or that vertical threat because Tyreek Hill was going to be gone was going to be like one of the fatal flaws for this team. But as we were going through our list yesterday of the things that we thought could cost them in a playoff game, none of those came up. If, if you think there's a single thing that worries you the most in a big-time game for the Chiefs right now, what is it? creating turnovers, flipping the field. Uh, We are of the bottom in the NFL in creating turnovers. Uh, It's an anomaly that we are at the top of the AFC or one of the top teams in the AFC with the giveaway-takeaway ratio that we have. I believe we're right at minus four. Yeah, it's like sixth Uh, worst or fifth worst in the NFL. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. I mean, uh, going back to my days playing, it was always drilled into us that the giveaway-takeaway ratio was pretty much equivalent to uh, or correlated to your success on the field and wins and losses specifically. So to have a 9-3 and, uh, nine and three team that we are and have that ratio be on the opposite side of the spectrum is truly unique, truly unique. So to me, our defense has to be a little bit more opportunistic. We, we need guys like, to me, one of the aspects of our defense that I was begging for happened to us in Travis Kelsey getting stripped. Like, when was the last time we saw that second defender when Nick Bolton has st- stood up a ball carrier or when Willie Gay has stood up a ball carrier or Justin Reed 
where that second or third guy came in specifically to try to rip the ball out. That's that's the aspect of that we're missing on defense. We need those guys not to just lower hits. Like I give up two extra yards to uh, Samaje Pirine or uh, you know any running back that we're facing, Latavius Murray this week. I'd give up a couple extra yards if that second guy was trying to pull the ball out while he was getting those two extra yards. Like that's the aspect that I we got to capitalize on flipping the field, getting us that one extra, one or two extra possessions, and let Patrick Mahomes do his do his magic. I'm just worried they don't have the dudes for it, or the dude. You know, like I go back through each of the previous teams, Dana, and it's Marcus Peters did that, or Eric Berry did that, or Justin Houston did that. I, I, don't, I don't feel like they have that one player that just gets the ball for you. Well, I, and you remember, those guys used to get a little killed in, in media because they weren't big hitters. And especially like Marcus Peters, he was always going for the ball. Oh, yeah. But I didn't have a problem with that because that's not what you're enlisting those guys to do. Like, we don't need a Dale Carter or a James Hasty that's going to lower the boom on somebody when they from a cornerback position. We already have that with Legereus Sneed. I think those other guys, and they're rookies, so they don't know yet that that can be a strength of theirs. Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, especially Joshua Williams. Uh, long, how long he is, six foot three, like he could be that force and and utilize that component to his defense and just add it to a part of his game. Uh, I played with one of the greats to ever wear the jersey in Albert Lewis. I mean, he's going up for the Hall of Fame in part because of that kind of approach, that he was always about stripping the ball, didn't really care about uh, lowering, dropping the hammer on a defense, on a, on a running back or a receiver. And these young guys have to kind of indoctrinate that into their game. I feel like they can grow in that when they get away from feeling like they got to put a big hit on somebody. Former Chiefs wide receiver Damian Hughes, you'll hear him on the call this Sunday on the Chiefs radio network out in Denver. And, of course, tonight, again, players only from 6 to 7. It'll be Danon, Sean Barber right here on 610 Sports Radio. Thanks, man. We'll listen tonight. All right, fellas. There you go, Danon Hughes, pro karaoke. He sounds like he's okay. Tomorrow, you got competition. You, you just yesterday, no idea. Just yesterday, you were saying that it's like who no, else? I, said is, you, I think Dana. you said you said who else is going to sing You're besides get me? Waxed. He's. Have you seen the video? Him, he's singing karaoke with his son. He just put on his Instagram. I think you're in trouble, man. I think you're in. It's trouble. not a competition. We're not like uh, up yes, against oh, each other. It is. It's a it is a. It is a competition, Cody. I think you're in a little bit of trouble. You yeah. should sing. Why would I do it for free when I have a five hundred dollars offer? See now, you see what there. he's doing now. He knows he can't beat Dana, <laughs> so he wants you to sing, so that way he can have somebody to be better than. That's probably correct. That's kind of weak, Cody. That's not what happened here. <laughs> I resent uh, the implication. As a matter of fact, Nick. Okay. We'll get to the, <laughs> we'll get to the trash today in a couple minutes. Um, but we were talking about uh, this game on Sunday with Dana there, and then also he was said he was going through the schedules for. You know, the Bills and the Bengals and what the Chiefs kind of have in front of them. And it's definitely the easiest schedule and trying to get this number one seed. And you do look at the Chiefs schedule. It's way easier said than done. But, man, how do you not just look at it, Cody? And, like, man, just win out, man. Get the one seed. It's right there for you. Not just that. You should be actively mad at this team if they do not win out. They That's... are definitively better. They are the best team than all of them by a lot. Mm-hmm. Look, there's times when it's unreasonable to expect a team to be like, oh, I mean, I don't see a loss in the schedule. 17-0, here we come. 
or they're going to start five and one during this stretch or nine and one. You're like, okay, get out of here. They're going to lose some stretch of game during this. This is why a couple of weeks ago, while I started to look at the schedule and it felt like they could win out, none of us were willing to come on the record and be like, hey, they should. It should be the expectation. But now it should be. This is yeah, now I mean, the look, expectation is win out this schedule or it's a disappointment. I mean, look, they're eight uh, double-digit favorites in every game the rest of the way. They're either, you know, eight, eight-and-a-half-point favorites or double-digit favorites the rest of the way. If you look at some of the look-ahead lines, we know they're like nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorites this week, as a matter of fact, against Denver. So the best every, quarterback they face the rest of the way is Geno yeah. Smith. Yeah, Seattle's the toughest game remaining on the schedule, and you get them at home, right? And that's, that's the benefit. Um, and, and Seattle's battling for a division uh, title out west and maybe has a chance to win it now with – with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but yeah, I mean, on, on paper, I'm with you. Like these are all very, very winnable games. I'm sure there's going to be some sweat involved though. In these, I would not be surprised whether it's one of the Broncos games or against Seattle, where we're talking about this team being in the sure. fourth quarter and it's going to be like, Oh my goodness, how is this a three point game? And we're all going to be freaking out that will, I, I don't think they're going to just cruise and win by 14 points or 10 points in every single game. Which the exception being the Texans, it's tough because in three game. of the games, I don't think it should be a Man, sweat. I just, in the Broncos games and the Texans game, I'm like, should this really be a sweat? It, it's, you are so much better than those teams. I can live with the sweat against I, Seattle. I understand. I, get I can it, live man, with the sweat against the Raiders. I can understand. I, you should not be in a close game with the Tennessee Texans. They are miserable. Or the, even the Houston Texans. Them too. Or sorry, the Tennessee them Texans too. are bad, but the, the Houston, Houston Texans, Texans are even worse, They're miserable. I was, I, in fairness, you I, should not I was going to let it go, and then Nick bad. said something. I was going to let should, it go. You should not. With, we don't with, let things go on this show. With the Houston Texans, you should not be in a game I, with them. They're so bad. I'm with you. Just know that this year there's been more games decided by six points or less than we've had in, tw- I think it was like 22 years, something like that. So just. It's very difficult to I win. I haven't pulled up their plus. schedule, but what, what do you think your guess is? It won't take long for to look this for up. What? How many games do you think have been decided by six points or less for the Houston Texans this year? Oh, for the Texans? I, that for I the Texans. Yeah, that I don't know. You can point out the rest of the NFL. How many do you think for the Texans have been decided uh, by six points or fewer? At least one, right? Because of their tie. Two or three max. And their max. win. Yeah, yeah. The, so two or three. I don't know. God, even their game against the Broncos was seven points. Um, The correct answer is... Two. Okay. Their win and their tie. Those are the only two games in which the Houston Texans have been within six points. Just the two games that they actually competed in. Like, and I understand, like, that that just tells you that in the other games in which they were losing by seven or more. And look, if you if you stretch that to seven, there's two or three more sprinkled in there for the Texans, right? They get the slight advantage. That means they get blown out in 50% of their games. They're good for just a straight-up ass-kicking. Half of the time, they step foot on the football field. That feels like something the Chiefs should be doing. But this Broncos game this weekend, I know how divisional games, road divisional games against teams with really good defenses can sometimes get ugly. Am I going to go into full-blown panic mode? If we get in here on a Monday and the Chiefs put out some knockout dragout game against a Broncos team that we're all openly making fun of? No, I'm not going to get into a panic. It's about winning these next five games. That's where the disappointment kicks in. You lose any of these, you deserve to be ridiculed because you're so much better than all of them. All right, let's get to the trash. Trash of the day. All right, so we have tried different things on this show, and I think there's something else that we're going to have to try oh, no. on Friday, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. have you? Are you guys aware of Pilk? P-I-L-K? Nick? Pilk? Not. Is it a drug? It is not a drug. <laughs> because it's I made, just, a, commi- would be I made a commitment to myself this it's year. Th- no drugs. No pilk. No pilk. Turning over a new leaf. So He entered the D.A.R.E. program at age 31. <laughs> it's, it's impressive. Um, 
It's a TikTok trend, but it started with actually a viral marketing campaign from Pepsi and Lindsay Lohan. All right, quite the combination here. So Pilk is Pepsi and milk. Milk. Oh, no. So this is something that they've tried to make a marketing campaign out of. It is half Pepsi, half milk. And there's been 40 million views on TikTok related to that hashtag. Some people are referring to it as dirty soda. I guess this is something that is, believe it or not, very popular uh, in, South, in South Asian communities. So I think we need to try this on Friday. Bring in some Pepsi. Bring in some milk. I don't even like milk to begin can with. Can we talk so. about the fact that Alex is always making us try horrible things on the show? Can we talk? Okay. You don't have any room to talk for all of the bad things that you have led us into, sir. <laughs> Not eating. I know, but you guys both have your things. And I'll say this. I am lactose intolerant. I would like oh, to be relieved of this. Okay. No, just take a pill. Well, take a pill. You know? <laughs> my body, do refu- my body refuses um, to process. My body refuses to process the sugars in dairy. And Cody's like, just take a pill. 60 oh, you seconds. Said you never eat oh. any dairy. Ever. 60 seconds ago, Not Nick said, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf, cutting out <laughs> drugs. 60 seconds later, Cody says, take a pill to right. solve it. That's okay. Bad influence, man. man. No, that's illegal. You just want him to pop but, pills. They have, like, medicine for that, and right? They don't, like, they lactate do. or they something. So they have medicine for that. It's so hit or miss. So I wait, remember as a kid taking lactate, drinking milk. Five, right, five right, minutes we'll, later. Have this. Oh, we'll do it at one thirty. Yeah, we'll do it. No, we'll do it at one fifty. You can crap on Guys, the drive home. It's not just like <laughs> that. I have to. It's not just that it makes me go to the bathroom. It is intense, like gut wrenching stomach cramps for like an hour. Well, then book Rob Collins. We need a third person to try pilk. pilk Get somebody else tomorrow. on the show. If yeah, you're I'm not sure, going to do it, I'm sure. Get he, somebody else to come in to try. Hey, pilk. Rob. <laughs> hey, Rob. Would you like to come in for the sole purpose of drinking Pepsi mixed with milk? He owes this one because he made me Wait, eat that sandwich. He, I, he owes he this one. Brought he brought us chili. chili. <laughs> I'm just asking him to try one yeah, yeah, disgusting now, now drink. You're, now you're painting Rob Collins as like some sort of freeloader. No, but the he's last... brought us chili. He's brought us alcohol. He brought me a hat. He brought you your hey, egg salad sandwich. Most importantly, though, he brought you some Modelo. He brought us memories and memories and memories. Good times. Did you drink the rest of that Modelo? Dusty took it. What, you let him take it? Yeah, you I don't didn't like let him. He just said, those you are mine. You don't like Modelo? I love Modelo, but Dusty said, yeah, those are mine. Why didn't you take it home? Oh, you were going on, you had a flight that afternoon, so you yeah. couldn't take it on the plane. I said, I was just going to leave him here. He's like, nope, they're mine. Wow, and you just let him. You just let him run all over yeah, you like I didn't, that. At that point, I, it was you know, so, not yeah, worth it. So, are you fight. guys good to try uh, Pilk? I, I guess I've, the two of us. I guess yeah, the I two of us, and no. Nick has to find a third person to drink it for him. Or Nick has to try some other drink Rob Carrington or Rob Collins. It could be Rob Brenton. Just somebody. Somebody, somebody has to, in the studio. Somebody wait, has wait, to wait, be wait, in the wait, studio problem, and drink your milk for you. Problem solved. I'll buy some lactose-free milk. Oh. Just buy almond milk. I love almond milk. Okay. We'll do if that. you buy almond milk, I'll drink it. So we're going to okay. do, do the so. almond milk version of milk? Well, for him. I will. Oh, just for I'm him? I'm not doing it. We're going to do the normal. Two, we'll get, what, 2% or something? I don't know. Okay. You I don't get a small honestly, thing of almond milk? I don't drink milk, so you tell me what kind of milk to buy. I have no idea. Yeah. 2% work for you? 2% is fine. Okay. That's we keep it at the tap household. Someone says get Bink. He seems like a real big pilk kind of guy. I mean, I know Bink would try it. Yeah. He seems pretty. I mean, it's Pepsi that. and milk. It's not as the other one was worse. Coca Cola and vinegar. That's way worse. Way worse than what this awful. is going to taste like. I feel very confident if we did the. I like that we've decided we're going to maintain our our position as the Young Show. That's why we do all these TikTok challenges. Yeah, Nick and I are maintaining that. I said the Young Show. You don't get to just kick me out, or I won't drink this pilk tomorrow. <laughs> Well, in a way, a you are, you're holding us back. Our age average be would younger. be way lower. Way lower without you. Way lower. <laughs> it would. You're. Someone says, Cody has gout. Stop being a wuss, Nick. Drink the pilk.
I don't think those are comparable. I mean, no, yours will cause Our you to end up age, in the restroom. If it's just the two of you, it's 31. Our average age, if it's the three of us, it's 33. Don't let fine. math get in the way of what we just said, please. Please don't. You really pulled out a calculator in the middle yes. of the segment. I want to make sure you're saying man, that I was oh, drastically dragging uh, our age down. Up next is the Chiefs red half hour. Something Mahomes has never had. And I don't know if under Andy Reid he'll ever have. We'll explain what that is next. You're listening to Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete and parking lot maintenance. Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour is brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. We'll keep an eye on uh, the injury status uh, now for the Chiefs for today, as in just a little while, the, the Chiefs will at least address the media a little bit on what uh, the latest is after having a day where Joe Tooney and Kadarius Tony both practice. We'll find out uh, if there was any setback that's limiting them in today's practice. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're good to go. Um, we looked at the quarterbacks earlier in the show, right? The top five quarterbacks. And clearly there's a lot of discrepancy of, of who we think currently right now for one, one game or one season you would want. I'll tell you if you, if you're going off the quarterbacks also like who, who needs maybe the defense to be a top 10 defense more than some of the others. Scott Kaxmar put out this great chart that looked at since 1998, so the first year of Peyton Manning in this league, as a matter of fact, points per drive allowed by defenses. The one glaring thing automatically is you go and look, okay, where's where's Patrick Mahomes on this, Cody? And you, you take a look, and he had the 28th scoring defense his rookie season, uh, 12th, 13th, 19th, and right now 24th in terms of points per game allowed averaging out to the 19th rated points per game defense in football. And we know he's got a ring despite having that average sitting there. Whereas you look at big Ben, who's got the ring 9.4 Tom Brady average. Defense, so he averaged a top 10 Tom Brady's at 10 straight, by the way, yeah. which is absurd. Yeah. Brady Roethlisberger, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all averaging or averaged a top 10 scoring defense. And I go back to an interview that we did Last year with Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, a very quick and short interview before. Should we get him back it. on again, Nick? What do you think? Do you think he's no, available? I think we all agreed that he's never allowed on the show again. You think right? he's too busy doing and that podcast? We, I think we agreed that he's never allowed back on. 
And the reason for that is because uh, we were, I don't know, four minutes into the interview, and he said, all right, guys, I got to go record a podcast. Sorry. Uh, okay. And, but he, in that and four minutes. And went, uh, like, you know, like a whole dial tone. The but whole he, thing. he did say one thing that I was, that was interesting at the time. He said, he's <laughs> he said like, one you know, interesting he thing did. in performance. Good he for him. did. He did. And he said, look, with, with this current setup, with this team, with, with Patrick Mahomes, they're not going to ever be an elite defense. Now, we can go through his elite top 10 or not. I don't really want to have that conversation. But he basically was saying he doesn't think. But why him? Lamar Jackson's had him. Yeah. Josh Allen's had him. Tom Brady's had him. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. had a bunch of them. Yeah, I think for me what's interesting, I don't believe under Andy Reid that they will have a top 10 scoring defense. And why? You, say, you why, think it's why an Andy that? thing? I think it is. Look at the – so Tom Brady, greatest defensive mind ever uh, in terms of Bill Belichick. Uh, now he's with Todd Bowles, who's not a very good head coach, but defensive-minded head coach. Uh, looking at Russell Wilson, who we also – I didn't even mention him – averages a top seven. And by the way, this year he's also got a top five. Great defense, even though he's been terrible. Not making a difference, um, yeah. Defensive-minded head coach and Pete Carroll, right? Now he's got an offensive-minded head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. But he, he just took it. over one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. Uh, uh, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin's one of the best head coaches in, in football, but defensive-minded defensive head coach as well. Um the one exception to this is, is who? Honestly, like, find me the, the one exception where it hasn't also had the defensive-minded head coach to, court, to, to parlay you know, it together. We've talked a lot over the years about Andy Reid's pros and cons. We have to admit, if you're just like, yeah, it's not going to happen under Andy, then that's a massive flaw. Yeah, I mean, I'll take he the... Is, he is ignoring part of his job every year. And I think people always take offense to this. He does not. I, I cannot make this clear enough. I don't think Andy Reid really cares what the defense does. Like, I understand that it's his job and he sits in in a couple of meetings... But I think largely how Andy Reid wants to coach the defense is to not coach it at all, is to know some of the players, chat it up, sit in a couple of meetings, and then just let Spags handle all of it. Because that's primarily how he did it in Philadelphia, and it sure seems like that's been his model in Kansas City. Yeah, he trusts- but either he's got to get his hands more in it, or he's got to have a defensive coordinator who can get him to top 10. Yeah, he trusts Spags to basically be the head coach of the defense, right? I mean, that, that, you're right. I mean, it's almost like a separate kind of separate team to a certain extent, just in terms of how he lets him handle that. I, I still will always take the – give me the best offensive play designer in NFL history, which I believe Andy Reid is – and the best offensive mind in the league right now, give me that. Uh, if you're asking, like, what would I rather have? Because I also know they can win a Super Bowl, Cody, even with a 12th or 13th, right? Which we saw happen. They I mean, went they, to both Super Bowls and they won two one, times. Of course. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, but that's what makes it kind of frustrating. So that's, so that's, what's, that's what's capable. Whereas we know they trade Tyreek Hill, and we're still talking about them being the number one scoring offense. I, I'd, I'd still rather be in that position. I, there is a positive. There's no doubt there's a positive to it. It's saying... Hey, in spite of this, Patrick Mahomes went to four straight AFC title games in the two years. They were 12th and 13th, so league average and points allowed per drive. They made it to the Super Bowl. But also the frustrating part is, at this point, you almost can't say that if Patrick Mahomes could just get the seventh-ranked points-per-drive defense, he's winning the Super Bowl. Like, it's over, right? It feels like it's a lock, Gold. Like, it's just like if you could just get there one time, it's a lock. Lock up ring number two. We're done here. I know that that can't be said about every quarterback because Lamar Jackson's had three in the top 10. He's never made a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson has had, had five in a row to start his career. He has one this year. He went to two Super Bowls, but only won the one. And he needed the defense in order to complete that. Tom Brady's had 10 straight. He wins it all the time, as we well know. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, when he was competing for Super Bowls, had that. We know when you put that together with the player. Because to me, Patrick Mahomes right now is essentially riding the Aaron Rodgers train. 
Aaron Rodgers has also only had two. And he has been essentially in this similar uphill battle. I don't want Patrick Mahomes to have Aaron Rodgers' career in the sense that (laughs) you just have the one ring. He's already better at getting, but Aaron Rodgers went to a lot of NFC title games too, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know know what you're saying. The sentence sounds funny. I know what you mean, but the sentence in general sounds funny. Like, I hope he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers' career. I know exactly what what you mean. I know exactly what you mean by it. Because I'm so high on Mahomes at this point. I feel like that's almost a lock. (laughs) That sounds stupid and ignorant and probably too optimistic, but it feels like the be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for 15 years and win one Super Bowl. I feel like he's already got that penciled in. Everybody feel like we're pretty good. No, I I, can etch that one in stone. His career essentially equaling Aaron Rodgers feels like we're good here. It's like trying not to like you're already asking him to do better than you want more than one ring and you don't want a bunch of AFC title game appearances. Well, that'll be the story. And that's the fear, right? If you if you get another year or two down the road and he doesn't have another one, I'd be like, wow, are you headed on this? Are you are you truly headed down that path where it looked like this was a guy that was going to win, you know, multiple rings, three rings, four rings. And then are we are we going to be sitting here uh, in 2000 and what, 26 saying, wow, he's in his 30s and he still only has the one. Like, it sounds ridiculous because it's such a spoiled, spoiled thing to even be having a conversation about. But it is when you have transcendent players, you're allowed to have those conversations. Yeah, when you're talking about legacies and you're talking about these these type of talents, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, that is part of the conversation. You got LeBron on your team. You can't just be like, one title is cool. No, it's not right. You have the best player in the NFL. One title is not good enough. It just isn't. It's not going to be. When do you think, by the way, that's a, this is a whole nother probably conversation, but when do you think it would become a true Two years. fear Two years. of most Chiefs fans to where, well, worse right now, people can roll their eyes at it and be like, okay, come on, guys. He's going to win another one. But with, how many years down the road do you think it would take where that would be a legitimate, real concern? Get to 30. Yeah. That's it, right? Because... While some quarterbacks are playing to 45 now, we can't be sure he will. I think it is a combination of 30 years old. And then if you told me that at that point, which we, I know you and I joke about it, but Kelsey's gone and Andy retired. If you told me at 30, he only had the one new head coach, Kelsey's gone. Then it'd be like, oh, okay. All right. This is, you know, he would still be, he would still have a chance to win one. You're not saying that he can't win one, but just, it would be a real, a real conversation. Do you think this defense is capable of playing at a top 10 level the rest of the way in points allowed per drive. Because very simply put, well, if they became go- league average going- in red zone defense, they would be. I, I think th- I'm going to answer yes, and a lot of it has to do with, look, we, we just got done talking about the schedule. So, yeah, Cody, I think I think they do because they're going to face uh, Russell Wilson, who's not the same Russell Wilson. Uh, they're going to face back to Davis Mills now, I guess it is. Geno Smith, who's actually having a really good year, but it's still Geno Smith the name. Um, and then they're going to face Derek Carr, and then who am I missing? They got somebody else in between, don't they? Well, they got Russell Wilson again. Russell Wilson again, yeah. <laughs> and then else, they yeah. just get Russell Wilson twice. Yeah. But I, but it's are they? I don't think they're capable of going that high. Maybe they can play Even like with the, the schedule. You just told me how easy right. the schedule and how it'd be a disappointment. Yeah, and, but I, and you insane know, like, if they don't win win out. You some said, of this is eye test stuff. Like, could they over the next five weeks average top ten points per drive allowed? Fine. But honestly, you know this only comes down to one stat. Isn't that what you just asked me? Can they do? No, I'm just. But I guess it's like both. It's can they technically do it, and are they really that? I guess is the question. I was asking it more: is are they really? Can they be that? Can they be that the rest of the season? But to me, that includes the postseason. And for me, I don't think they're capable of being top ten. I don't think that they're there. I don't think they'll ever be there at any point this year. But they they fail in one area consistently. This comes down to the defense. 
like in the red zone specifically, they are the league's worst team in red zone defense. If they were league average, we'd probably be having a much different, we'd probably be closer to that 12th or 13th marker. The ones in which he went to the Super Bowl both those years. And that's really at this point, all I'm really hoping for. Can you get back down to that league average mark? The thing we ask for Mahomes a lot of times, because I know he's got a real good chance there. Because if they ever put top 10, if he had, if he had any of these runs, this Tom Brady run, this Josh Allen run of top defenses, I think he'd already have a second ring. I just do. Right, which is why it's always funny whenever I, I we've seen on the, usually on the national debate shows or whatever, uh, it happened this past offseason, as a matter of fact, when it, you know the conversation of like, well, what if Josh Allen had Andy Reid and had Tyreek Hill and Kelsey? I'm like, yeah, well, what if Patrick Mahomes had the Bills Josh team? Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's the same, that's what's so funny to me. Like, anytime that was ever brought up of the, wow, jo- Mahomes is just in this perfect scenario, perfect system. And look, he landed in a great spot. Nobody's denying that. But if you're going to use that against him, then yeah, imagine if Patrick Mahomes had the defensive run that some of these other quarterbacks. And by the way, if you well. just put everybody who say, Hey, you can have offensive lines, skill position players, tight ends, whatever. And you said, you can either have the chiefs entire unit or the bills entire unit. You know, before the season, about half the people would have taken the bills, right? It's not like Josh Allen is disproportionately disadvantaged from a talent perspective. Yeah. There might be a coaching discrepancy from an offensive perspective, but from a talent perspective on offense, there's not a massive chasm between these two. They're actually pretty equal. And one guy has consistently during his run, He's had three, four defenses ranked higher in his five years as a starter. He's had four defenses ranked higher than any single Chiefs defense has been in this category. So, like, it's that says enough in its own right that given, that's why I guess I keep, and it's not like, I'll say this, it's not that they're not trying to accomplish that. They spent plenty of money on the defensive line. They've spent plenty of money on the defense. They made a defensive coordinator change at one point. Now, it's been years since they did that, but they're actively working towards this problem, but it still is something worth discussing. How much does the the running back matter at all in this whole conversation? And I bring that up because suddenly uh, Isaiah Pacheco looks better and better uh, for this team. Clyde Edwards Alaire is still on IR. He's not eligible to come off for another week and a two weeks. I think we're at now two weeks weeks into this thing. And even at that point in time, like now that we've seen what Pacheco can consistently do for a couple weeks, it's hard to imagine like where does Clyde fit in? to this picture this year, if he returns. And that is still, that's not a guarantee that he's even eligible to come back. They are better without him. I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like he has no talent. I think we've had this conversation mm-hmm. that he has no value in some role, but the way it's currently constructed, they are better with a two person backfield. They function better with like the thunder and lightning combo. It doesn't matter. But giving Pacheco a majority of the carries, allowing Jarek McKinnon to do the things he does best without gumming it up with Clyde Edwards-Alaire has made them a better run team by, I think, a kind of considerable margin to the point that when Clyde comes back, I don't think he should have a role anymore. I think when Next you miss- year we could have a different yeah. conversation because I don't know if Jarek will be around or whatever. But as of right now, you, your combination the rest of the year should be the one-two punch of Pacheco and McKinnon. Yeah, health aside, I, I think that's likely what we'll see because it's one thing when he just lost the starting job, even in the game that Clyde got hurt very early on in the first quarter a couple weeks ago when we were talking about what would that split look like or is it a split, they were still giving Clyde the ball. Like I was, I'm was, i convinced if Clyde would have stayed healthy, we, we would still be today even talking about how Clyde is still part of this offense and getting carries. But when you all of a sudden are out for four weeks at minimum, which is what he will be, and Pacheco's performing at this level, and McKinnon 
I agree with you, has been a nice little one-two punch. They both just bring some quickness to this offense as well. They're not dancing around in the backfield. They usually just just go. I, I think it will be very difficult to work your way back in. Unless injuries happen. We know that at sure. backfield, at the running back spot, Andy always loves to have multiple running back options because of that. That's why they brought in Melvin Gordon, even though I told you I hope he never has to carry a football for this organization ever. Um, but that's Why? why because they... he doesn't hold on to it when he carries it? Oh, my it? God. Yeah, I, I don't ever want him to carry the football in a Chiefs uniform. <laughs> Fumbles so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. So I'm with you. I mean, we know McKinnon was dealing with the hamstring injury uh, heading into last week's game. Looked great, though. Didn't look like that was a problem for them. But, yeah, Pacheco's been a great asset in addition and I think Clyde's injury forced their hand. Like maybe it was in a weird way for for them to like, hey, we ha- we kind of have no other option. We have to k- rely and lean into Pacheco more. Whereas having Clyde around still gave them the out away to still no, we're gonna we're gonna hold off a little bit. They had no choice. The, they had no choice to go full steam ahead with honestly, Pacheco. Honestly, it was it was just too crowded. It was like they spent this like first half of the season trying to figure out a way to work them all in. Remember when they made the switch to Pacheco? We're like, oh, Pacheco's a starter now. But the point Andy had made at that time, Gold, is that he said, oh, you know what? We just know we want to use Pacheco. We keep, like, getting to points in the game later when it's harder or we kind of get into this other thing and then, you know, we kind of forget about it. It was too many, like, they already complained there are too many mouths to feed in the audience or in the in the offense because they've, what, they've, they've got five, six, seven weapons in the passing game they throw to. Don't do that to the running game, too. That's not serving you well. You're not harder to predict because there's a different guy lined up at back. There's only one back. You weren't ever putting two on the field. You weren't confusing anybody. There's one back, and the skill set of the other two more closely aligns with what you do well on offense right now. I don't know what they're going to do with Clyde at the end of the year. We looked this up. He's going to be the 15th highest paid running back in the NFL for next season, most likely. 15th, 13th, somewhere around that range. So there's an argument for walking on him because you can save a little bit of money. If he's a post-June first cut, you can save a couple million bucks, two, two and a half million dollars. But it's just for the rest of this year, just don't force it anymore. Allow him to take as much time as he wants coming back. And when he comes back, if he gets one or two touches in a game, fine. But Pacheco and McKinnon have to be the one-two punch. You can't go back to what if it's a different guy every day at the running back position. Because while it seemingly works at the wide receiver spot, I do not think it works at the running back spot. They are better this way. Couple updates on the injury front. Uh, we're just getting news out uh, at Arrowhead in terms of a couple players. Last we knew yesterday, of course, was that everybody was going to practice. Uh, same thing for today. So Kadarius Tony practicing, dealing with that hamstring. Nick Bolton all of a sudden does have a little bit of a groin injury. Yeah. Uh huh. Only two players limited in yesterday's practice. You think it's worth playing Tony this week? We talked about the rest versus because they've said that they're going to take it slow. Because I think they're more worried about Tony in the postseason run. Mm-hmm. So it's how quickly do you put him back on the field? Now, typically under Andy Reid, if you practice the whole week you play, but there's been a couple of times this year when that hasn't been the case, where they have practiced for a majority of the week and they still waited one extra week, or in McDuffie's case because of the bye, two extra weeks. Remember, he practiced the whole week for the Chiefs. They still sat him out on that or on that Sunday game, and then they waited the whole bye week before they eventually brought him back. So I'm wondering if they'll take a similar path with Tony. It's a good defense. A good defense they're going to face. Really good defense they're going to face on Sunday. But yeah, if there's any chance that they think one more week prevents the likelihood of that hamstring being a problem again, because look, we all know now you're getting late enough in the season, Cody. If you re-injure that hamstring, uh, the chances of you coming back from the playoffs for the playoffs get slimmer and slimmer. You start getting to week 15, week 16. If all of a sudden you have an injury like that, then we're talking about the need for the buy. 
and the number one seed just so you can get some guys healthy. So at some point before the end of the regular season, and we'll see Tony, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. wonder if they would hold him out uh, if he was limited yesterday. I mean, today's Thursday. If he's limited again today in practice, then you wonder if they're just going to continue to take the real cautious approach. Let's not forget this also is because McCall Hardman's on the IR with the abdominal injury. And so yeah. you, those are two guys you don't want to, and we don't, we still don't know what, the abdominal illness or injury, whatever it is for McColl. They called it both at some um, point. So but it knows? seems like the the hamstring for Tony, given his track record, because McColl's not been injury prone. Kadarius Tony has been in his very short time in the NFL. This hamstring is not this hamstring injury. He was having a hamstring injury new. earlier this year. Correct. Like it's not just it's the same injury. And we know that those tend to be nagging and frustrated and they want to be their most dynamic when remember we're just talking about like they should win these other five games and they're better than them. They're better than these five teams without Tony. And we know that. So it's just a matter of if they'll take that chance with him. And I'm not sure whether or not they haven't indicated whether or not they're interested to play. The fact that he's practicing me, he's close to getting back to the field, which we'll all take. Can we help out one of our listeners real quick? Sure. 913-586-7610 from the 785 best barbecue in St. Joe heading there for work. St. Joe. I'm asking our listeners to help this guy out. Best barbecue in St. Joe. I, I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever had barbecue in St. Joe. Nick? You're missing out, man. What's the place? What's the spot? Don't ask me to choose just one. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> give me the, That's give not me the fair. place in St. Joe. I'm friends with all the owners, so like I don't want to. I don't want to isolate one and then have the other guys get mad at me. You got. I know I'm Scott's kitchen's be, very good on the way to St. Joe. Yeah, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. What's that? Bandana's barbecue. That's the top. According to TripAdvisor, that that's uh, that's the highest rated. Okay. Is that what the text line saying, or is that what? That's what. That's what the text line was wondering. Okay, just trying to help. Their out. Their tagline is someone smell says, that smoke. Someone says rib crib. Is that is that a chain or is that a local? Place? That is the second highest rated reviews on. That's a chain though, isn't it? Oh. Not familiar with it. Okay. In any capacity, either as a chain restaurant or as a uh, standalone Ooh, in. Someone else says from the A16, I'm from up there. <laughs> not good. Someone Which says. one? Rib someone crib else. or bandanas? No. Someone just says, I'm up not good barbecue in St. Joe. That's from the 816. Those aren't my words. But they're so close to that's, Kansas City. They must have some good barbecue. That's a texter. Someone else says St. Joe has like three barbecue spots. Okay. Maybe next year for, for training camp, we'll have to stop it at one of these. I'll say this. It can't be good that when you search barbecue St. Joseph into Yelp to the very first place that comes up is Cheddar's. And the second place that comes up is KFC. That's not what we're looking Cheddar's. for. Cheddar's. Unhelpful. Cheddar's, you know. <laughs> barbecue. Un- unhelpful in my quest. Now, a third place comes up right after that called Hank and Ace's Real Pit Barbecue. It has just seven reviews on Yelp. Full five stars. Doesn't Cheddar's sound like the guy, like, it's some some big old country boy, 400 pounds, and they just started calling him Cheddar? It's just like a chain he opened up. No, Cheddar's, they have them, like, in Overland Park. It's not, you know, have, you ever, chain been to, have you ever been to a Cheddar's? I've never even it's heard It's like of an apple. Yeah, so there's the, the nearest location, I think, to here is the one right by Oak Park Mall there on 95th. Yeah. It's right in the... Uh, you know, come up with a better name. I've decided, by the way, he should go to Hank and Aces. Looks like a mom Hank and pop. and Aces? Support a small... Support a now mom that, and pop. That Hank sounds and Aces, like a place I'd that go. Sounds like, that sounds like good barbecue to me. Go to Hank and Aces. That's my decision. Okay. Okay, we just wanted to help out. the And they're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they're not even open the other part of the week. They save all of their good barbecuing for hey, later I've, in the week. I've had some very good barbecue at places that are only open a handful of days. You, you know I've talked about like this. Like Hart Barbecue is only Nick open on knows. Saturday. In, in Topeka, there's a place called Lonnie Q's, and it's only open, I think, uh, like three days or four days out of the week, and it's mm-hmm. usually only open for lunch. That's even more specific. So is this what we're supporting as a show, Hank and Aces? I, I'm not supporting any. Real pit any, barbecue? I'm, I just We're just passing along the knowledge, you know?
That would be my suggestion. Up next, we'll get to what's trending. More on the injury update for the Kansas City Chiefs and what on earth actually happened in this AFC West. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.